the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Welcome to the world of COVID investing. Eh, maybe not, right? Taking a look at the stock market, we're not that far. The stock market, the S&P 500's up big today. Well, it's all relative to what's big anymore, right? 2.33% in one day is pretty big. Same thing with the Dow up 2%, the NASDAQ up almost 3%. Stocks across the boards are rallying a little bit on earnings that weren't as bad as expected last night. Alphabet, Boeing, MasterCard. That's like being a John Hughes movie and dating the, not the cheerleader sister, not the, the smart sister, but the sister with messed up teeth. It's not as bad as expected, but you certainly would have gone for the brainiac or the cheerleader. Eh, that's okay, though. That's, you know, Google up 8%, Boeing up 6%, MasterCard up 4%. Those are big companies to the world. I get it. Those are, that's nice. Gilead Science says they understand that a study of an investigational antiviral drug called remdesivir of theirs for the treatment of COVID-19 has met its primary endpoint for treatment. A five-day regimen looks as effective as a 10-day regimen. I don't know how this plays out, but I know a lot of America is going, phew, it's good. Doctors were already prescribing remdesivir and people were dying, so it's how soon do you catch it? Doctors were already prescribing it, so it's not like this is a drug that they're going to have to go out and figure out how the heck are we going to make bazillions of it. It's not a drug that they're going to have to figure out. It's already been around. Oh, we have this on our back shelf that we should try. And oddly enough, it seems to be working. That's as far as I'm getting in the world of scientific healthcare discovery processes. I do want to talk about one of the most amazing things that I saw over my Month, two-month sabbatical, my month, two-month Wilson period where I get to know my inner self, as well as my children. I'm like, what's your name again? Oh, you've grown. My kids are now wearing basically uh, survivor-type clothes where they're all ripped and frayed at the bottom. It's been a rough month. But Fortnite had a big event, and I know you're saying Fortnite, Fortnite, yes. They had a Travis Scott concert. Um, through the year, they've had an interesting year where they get the kids who are playing the game excited by saying, we're going to show you a never before seen clip of Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. And people got to play as stormtroopers and use lightsabers in the game for a while. Then they got chance. The rappers reboot of punked on Quibi showing at one of their locations. And you're, you're like, isn't this a video game where they go around shooting each other? Yes. But they also stop on occasion to play parts of Stormtroopers and like kind of role play uh, socially with their friends. You know, you have a cute little nine-year-old who loves mommy and daddy and he pumps someone with a shotgun. 
He's all proud of himself. And in this day and age, he's not exactly pumping a lot of people with shotguns versus, how shall we say, being delicious, succulent baby. Uh, he's not. He's very tender. He doesn't work very hard if you get where I'm going out with that. But Travis Scott had a concert, like over a two-day period or something like that, uh, roughly a week ago. And he's got, I guess, maybe a new album coming out called Astronomical, I think. If you go to YouTube and, tra- and Google Travis Scott Astronomical, it is trippy dippy. 12.3 million watched the very first concert. But they rolled it out across the world over five different times. And that number is now 27.7 million unique individuals watching it. Total number of watches, 45.8 million. I bring that up. Why? Because the Super Bowl ain't far from that. And the Super Bowl for 100 million eyeballs in the United States they say, we want $6 million or $7 million or $8 million for a 30-second commercial. And then you take a look at the unintended consequences of where the Travis Scott Fortnite concert might show up, and you're going to see it all over YouTube. And again, this started with kind of a marshmallow thing. It maybe it didn't start with that. But maybe there's some other in-game things. But if you go to YouTube and pull in Fortnite Travis Scott Astronomical Concert, You'll see links that show 10 million more hits and 6.6 million more hits and 3.1 million more hits, um, six more million hits and 782,000 more of the hits and 21 million on Vivo. That adds up to easily a billion plus when you start adding this all up of, I didn't even know who Travis Scott was. I still don't think I know who Travis Scott was. I think there's a Kardashian involved or something like that, but that's my knowledge base of it. And now... Back to COVID-19. In the world of bad news, airborne coronavirus has been detected in Wuhan hospitals. That's not good because we kind of want it to be on contact surfaces and not floating around the air or something like that. That's my flu 101 for you. In the good news, though, even though it has been detected in the air, Gilead says early results show that coronavirus drug trial showed improvement with shorter remdesivir treatment. Good. In the stock market news, COVID is starting to hit the earnings, and it's definitively hurting visual outlooks for the second quarter. Google said, hey, this quarter wasn't bad, but we're not going to tell you anything about the second quarter because we don't. We know how March looked, but we don't know how April, May, June looks. So they gave us a little bit of look into the coronavirus. GDP contracts by more than expected. Welcome to the first quarter of GDP contraction. Will we go through two? Will we go through three? Will it take us through nine months of the year? Or will it take us through six months of the year? No one thinks the second quarter is going to be lovely. Wouldn't that be a surprise if it was lovely? And you'd, you'd come down to your sugar booger, your spouse, and he said, that's lovely. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. So the GDP is out there today. Um, I feel that sometimes I may not be doing you a service if I talk too much about um, very short-term effects, but the stock market is not on a short-term effect right now. We're within 400 points of all-time highs, and I'll be honest with you. If you ask me as a betting man, is that possible in March? I would have said no. I would have put some good money on it. I would have never, ever, never predicted a snap like this. Am I glad I'm in the market? Yes. 
Did I panic out of the market? No. There's a lot of stories uh, and, and antidotal evidence that millennials are helping the stock market as they're they're sitting at home and they're gambling on it. Okay. About a third of Americans live in states partially open or states that will be partially open in the coming weeks. We're starting to see some economic activity out of China. We're starting to see some economic activity out of parts of the United States. Parts of, the, of Europe are trying to open up slowly. So the numbers may be as bad as they're going to get six months from now because a lot of numbers take about three months, four months to get into the, the economic data. So we may be seeing a, a peak bottom, a trough, so to speak, in three or four months if, if we keep opening up and if this treatment is encouraging and if there's a lot of ifs and buts and candy and nuts, oh, what a party we'd have. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Don't be shy. Drop your questions to Rob at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Vivian Lee on the Atlanta set of Gone with the Wind came up with the idea of getting her dress that she was going to wear to visit uh, a man in jail from the idea of drapes. Are you COVID locked up to the point where you're now looking at the drapes, the curtains and going, oh, I should make a dress out of that. And I'll pass it down from generation to generation. The Civil War is upon us. After I've done my shot of bleach, I make dresses out of curtains. Which, for the record, good party gag right now, is um, do shots of bleach, but don't do shots of bleach. Do shots of alcohol when you get together with your neighbors, when you break quarantine, when you go to the beach and you're with thousands of other people. A little... little, uh, Rubbing alcohol? (laughs) Not rubbing alcohol. What is that horrible, horrible, horrible type of alcohol? Grain alcohol. (laughs) Really? I know. I'm trying to get in the moment. I'm trying to feel festive. Um, The market's rallying, and I don't want April to go. I don't want May to come. I incorrectly said that the employment report comes out this Friday. Someone dropped an email and said it comes out the following Friday. It's usually the first Friday of the month, but I could be wrong on that one. I'm really much more focused on earnings right now than I am on the employment number because the employment number is going to be ghastly. When you see 26 million people laid off, you know that we're going to be slightly above 4% unemployment. And the number's not going to shock me. So I've already moved on to other issues. Um, but one of the things I was talking to my producer about, cause he's not a Fortnite player. I'm like, did you see the Travis Scott YouTube, you Fortnite concert? And he goes, no, no. I'm like, you really should. Because let's say I like a band. I may not be able to see a band in the state of California until 2021. Um, that's kind of what it's being set up as maybe the, like, let's, let's unleash it when we can unleash it earlier and everyone will be thrilled. But I would pay for that experience. And if you understand what Epic is trying to do, the makers of Fortnite, they're trying to get millions and millions and millions and millions of young kids used to the idea that you can see a concert on your TV screen. 
And one day when we have a virtual reality headset that we all love and are in agreement with, which I don't think we're there yet, Steam has one out, and they've got a cool game for it based on Half-Life. But I don't want to pay $400 for a headset to play one game. The games out there so far have been pretty eh. Facebook's Oculus Rift has one out. There's more and more of them coming out. And when you see the Travis Scott thing, it's probably the coolest video graphics I've ever seen at a concert. But this was on a computer screen. I think that could, I, you know, if your kids are jonesing for Taylor Swift, I could see her coming up with something like this, doing an hour and a half concert, sitting at her home, streaming it on Comcast or something for 10 bucks. And I, I think everyone would be a winner. But we'll see. Maybe I'm... I, I see a lot of seeds being planted for augmented reality and virtual reality. And if you're not seeing it, 20 plus million, 28 million people, how many of them would have paid a buck? How about four bucks? How about 40 bucks to see a live concert to be, feel like you're in it? Because like in the game, you could dance. They give you some emotes where you can like um, pretend your microphone is on fire and you can thrash your head, headbang and stuff. Anyhow, I'm digressing. Um, big day on the markets. I don't know if this is the day that's going to go down in history that we go, whoa, we turned a corner. First quarter GDP in the United States contracted for the first time in six years. We're going to see a second one. Technically, that will be a recession. How long do we last in it? I don't know. Will it be two quarters? Or will it be three? Will it be four? We have too much stimulus coming down the pipeline to ignore. The Fed's going to announce a policy update later in the morning. GDP contracts. Gilead's coronavirus drug shows positive results in trials. Markets are heading higher, heading into the Federal Reserve. Could that be something that it derails it? Could be. The S&P 500, this is not lost on me, sits so 2934. The all-time high is within spitting distance, 3393. I didn't think that was going to happen. 450 points away. Now that's a big 450 points. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. We're in earnings season and we could turn around quickly. Um but a couple more days like this and we're going to be saying this is ludicrous. So right now in your portfolio, if you have not done this, you have been given a chance by the stock gods to look at your portfolio and see if there's anything that absolutely is awful in it. It might have rallied in the month of April. If there is something that you were embarrassed to talk about in March, you may want to get rid of it in April. I, I, do I think we go back to a great stock market? Yeah, I do. Do I think it'll be the greatest of all time? No. I think we are going to uh, introduce more elements of socialism into our economies. And again, I'm not saying socialism like Karl, oh, Karl Marx is in the office now. Oh, I'm not that guy. I'm just saying we're, we're printing a lot of money to support the system. Um, it goes through these great years of capitalism where we forget to store our fat and we're just living large. And then, boom, we get caught. And now we, we say maybe people don't have to pay for school. Maybe people don't have to pay for mortgages. Maybe people don't have to pay for rent. Maybe people don't have to pay. Someone's going to have to pay or you're going to have to print the money. So that's out there. Take a look at some of the top stories of the day. If you were to craft it, stocks jump. They extend the monthly gains. Gilead's Rimsdivir, drug meets primary endpoint in a study. 
Alphabet shares climb after better than feared quarterly results. We're getting used to that. Oil is surging 30% today, but it's still at $16 a barrel. 10-year treasury still under 70 basis points. Very problematic for us to get out of this mess until those start to move higher and kind of confirm. AMD is a little bit lower today. Eh, okay numbers out of them last night. Starbucks, they didn't fall off a cliff. They still made millions and millions and millions of dollars. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I'm exhausted. I need a cigarette. No, I don't need a cigarette. We'll take a break here. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Who's that? Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. We're moving rapidly to the beginning of the month. Very important Friday employment report is going to be coming out. It's going to be a shocking number. But the markets aren't looking for that. For whatever reason today, the markets are latched on to success versus pessimism, optimism versus pe- pessimism. It is contagious as the S&P 500 is now at 2927. Not that far from its all-time high. Let's bring in briefing.com to talk a little bit about this with us and to give us some ideas on what's working and what's not working on Wall Street and domestic and international markets. You can find out more at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. Excuse me. My voice is a little bit on the weak side. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare. Patrick O'Hare, Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. So are you a little bit surprised that we're kind of within striking distance of an all-time high on the S&P 500? Or is that just me? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I can say I, I am I am surprised in the sense that uh, it, it doesn't seem to make a lot of fundamental sense from my vantage point. Um, having said that, I guess I'm not surprised in knowing how – the market is, you know, I think, um, you know, adapting its mindset to the post-financial crisis period when, you know, the Fed came in and put a floor under things. Uh, and, you know, lo and behold, we're right back in that same position. And so um, perhaps there's a little bit of a Pavlovian uh, mentality in play here that, you know, you don't fight the Fed. Uh, they're pouring tons of liquidity into the market. And uh, and that's you know helping to um, prop things up, albeit somewhat artificially, uh, from our vantage point. But it's working, and you've seen a huge move, obviously off the lows, and um, and now with this morning's news about remdesivir, uh, you you certainly have a, a platform uh, to continue the idea, you know, that there's good you know hope and, and recovery prospects. Consumers, it appears, or investors' faith in consumers appear that things can't get worse. I'm a little concerned still, but with it, I'm thrilled that there's a recovery. I know that there's a lot of people who had a lot of questions. Uh, but the 10-year Treasury is still telling me 60 basis points. Things aren't great here. And oil at $15, $16 a barrel, things still aren't great here, even though the stock market's telling me things look pretty great coming down the road. 
Um, so I'm, I'm kind of expecting some rea- some reaction to earnings. Now, one of the things briefing does amazing is cover earnings calls and Wall Street research the day after a big earnings release. What are you seeing from what we've been seeing in earnings season so far? Well, I, you know, I think that you touched on it a little bit, Rob, in that, you know, when it boils down to earnings, uh, I think the market uh, is, is just willing to look right past the bad news and embrace the idea that uh, uh, things are are as bad as they're going to get. And, and I say that knowing that the market's incorporating the second quarter as well uh, when it listens to these first quarter earnings reports. You know, company after company is understandably withdrawing their guidance, citing, you know, just considerable uh, levels of uncertainty uh, as it relates to the COVID-19 issue and reopening prospects and things like that. Um, you know, it's not a mystery or surprise for the market to to hear a very dour forecasts, uh, certainly out of economists anyway, as relates to what we can expect in second quarter GDP. And of course, from those dour forecasts, you can extrapolate that earnings prospects in the second quarter are, are going to look really lousy as well. Uh, but, you know, with all that in mind, as we've discussed, you've got a market that's just been in rally mode big time since the March 23rd intraday low. Uh, riding the notion of the Fed put and the notion that things can't get any worse. And I think the crossroads we're running into now, though, is um, is that kind of like the, the reality of the situation is still going to, you know, the rubber will hit the road here, you know, at, at some point. Um, and, and I think that as we get over this sort of euphoric recovery hope stage, uh, it's it's going to become apparent that a lot of structural damage was done, uh, a lot of support is still needed, and consumer spending, which is the main driver of the U.S. economy, uh, is not likely to come barreling back in the same way that the stock market has come barreling back. And that will sort of, I feel like, be a wake-up call um, you know, in, in the weeks and months ahead uh, that should uh, – impede this rally effort. Um, doesn't necessarily mean you go all the way back to the lows, but I think you start to see some rolling into what we think is more of like a W-shaped recovery for the stock market, not this V-shaped action that we keep getting. Yeah, my head keeps going back to the, the things that we don't see as far as the economy getting worse. For instance, the legal battle between insurance companies and businesses in, in the coming months. Um <clears throat> I just see the the depths of a lot of people aren't paying rent, and if you own more than one home, or if you're a landlord for more than one, I see bad things um, in the short term. But in the long term, eh, I can be convinced, but I'm digressing. I'm speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Briefing.com, that was announced this morning, word from Gilead Sciences that it understands a study, an antiviral Rimsdivir for treatment of COVID-19 has met its primary endpoint. That should be a positive. We'll see how it plays out in the next couple of days. What are you working on right now, Mr. O'Hare, that we should be aware of other than earnings season and COVID exposure to businesses and their economies worldwide? Two very big topics, but anything else you're seeing out there? Right. Well, you know, something we haven't um, mentioned as you as we talk about kind of getting through the worst of the shutdown phase, that as you emerge from it, 
what's also going to emerge is the uh, presidential campaign again. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so there's a political component that's going to be coming uh, more apparent here in coming months that I think is also going to, unfortunately, um, uh, rip open some of those partisan wounds that have been uh, sued over for the time being in the effort to provide some fiscal relief. But, you know, the market has kind of not allowed itself really to think a whole lot about election outcomes. But, um, you know, something that, you know, been working on is, is this notion that as the election rolls around on the first Tuesday of November, obviously, you know, I shouldn't say obviously, but most people are thinking that GDP growth is going to be much improved by that point, right? Because you're coming off of such a depressed base in the second quarter. Okay, that's all well and good. But what I think is going to really resonate and become a factor in that election is going to be what's going on with the unemployment rate as well as the underemployment rate. Uh, and those issues could have some very important political implications and other implications for the stock market that, you know, are not being attended to right now as everything is focused on the recovery from the COVID-19 shutdown phase. So something to be alert to uh, as we roll through the summer months. It's interesting that you bring that up because uh, instantly into my head, I went conspiracy theory of, why are they tying small business payments to you have to keep the employee employed through September? And then I was like, oh, he's right. It's it's November coming up election, November 2nd. You'd barely have a spike in unemployment if that were to happen or something like that. Do you believe what I just threw out there, like conspiracy theories of our government kind of wants to get us to November so they can get reelected? Or do you play into any of that with your analysis as a strategist? Uh, you know, I really don't, Rob. I okay. try to, you know, I want to maintain a real objective viewpoint. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, keep in mind, I mean, it was a bipartisan agreement on this COVID-19 payroll, you know, protection plan. Uh, so, you know, the Democrats signed off on it just as the Republicans did, and they knew full well what the terms of it were. So, um, but there's obviously going to be that that strain of thought that enters the mix. I mean, there's just no getting around it, right? But um, but I think it is something that you know that's going to come into play as it relates to you know employment is going to be a really important component um, because you know the economy might be recovering, unemployment rate might be falling, but people may not feel gainfully employed like they were before all this happened. Uh, and in 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 you know my mind, I think you know uh, a voter's economic interest often follows them into the voting booth. So uh, it, it create, can create some, you know, some interesting dynamics from a political standpoint here uh, as we get to that election period. Anything else floating through your head that we should keep an eye on? Anything important? Any flags? Inflationary? Any Anything? Well, you know, I mean, in the immediate future here, obviously we have the, the Fed announcement today, right? Um, yep. It's not going to be any – shouldn't be any real surprises there, right? I think that, you know, the market at, at a minimum obviously wants to hear Fed Chair Powell basically, you know, reiterate that the Fed's in this as long as it needs to be in, a, in it. Rates are going to stay low for an extremely long period of time. And, uh, and so you're probably going to – hear that again today. Uh, there's no reason for the Fed chair not to say that, frankly, uh, because uh, the Fed should be cognizant that the second quarter is going to be a very ugly period here. And I think the Fed is reacting more to the reality of the situation on the ground. The stock market isn't so much. But nonetheless, uh, the Fed's uh, position right now is is 
obviously an important component here as it relates to the to the stock market outlook. And we'll see everything covered as well as it can be at briefing.com throughout the day with the Federal Reserve. Notes will be in there in play. Patrick O'Hare will start it tomorrow as well on page one. It's briefing.com, a reliable source for international and domestic news tied towards markets around the world. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The markets are stunning at this point in time. We're having a good day. We're having an amazing month. Let's take a quick look. It's April. Whoa. And then we got May coming up. Uh, March was as bad as it could have been. April has been as good as it could have been. And I can probably cut out a day or two of either side and say, whoa. Um, President Trump is in the news essentially every day, as I think Patrick O'Hare correctly noted that, don't forget we have an election season coming up. Right now, things are milk and honey. We're not working. Some of us are still getting paid. Some of us have been laid off and are going through that process. But we're starting to talk about earnings. And like Google said, you know, next quarter looks bad, but the quarter after that looks like there's a chance for improvement. Visa, MasterCard, many companies have said something similar. Boeing, Gilead Sciences this morning says that they understand that one of their antivirals, Remdesivir, uh, for the treatment of COVID-19 has met a primary endpoint. And I can't help but like almost smile today, right? It's kind of nice to say we're within 400 points of an all-time high on the S&P 500. We're about 350 now. It's actually not that nice to say that because in my head, like, shouldn't we have a quarter or two of pain and not a month or two? And it leads me to question credibility, quality, couple other things of this rally. But I'm stoked. Gilead's coronavirus drug shows positive results in trials. Um. We just talked with a guest who said, you know, the Fed meeting today is going to be important. I think that's almost a, a done, conclu- you know, a foregone conclusion. They're going to do nothing. They're going to say, we're still here. We're still vigilant. We'll do whatever we need to. Some Best Buy stores, some Apple stores are starting to say, we're going to open a couple of them. Um, we're ready to get people back to some sort of shopping. We don't know a lot of details on it. But we're starting to hear more about it. Best Buy has given us a glimpse as well as to how many retailers will reopen their stores post-coronavirus pandemic. Um, should they reopen their stores? So they said by early May that they'll begin reopening 200 stores by appointment only. Best Buy says the move is designed for the purchase of more complex items like appliances and networking equipment. Um, that's not going to pay the bills. So they're not, they've not changed their decision temporarily for low 51,000 hourly employees. They're a month into that. They're now saying, you're going to make an appointment online or via phone. There's going to be a pre-call with customers to make sure they aren't feeling sick. Okay. Now, you remember going into Best Buy at Christmas time, right? And you remember, like, rubbing elbows with people and maybe even camping out over Thanksgiving for Black Friday sales. 
Now we're going to make an appointment. And they're going to call us back and say, do you feel fine? Do you have a fever? Are you coughing? Have you had COVID? Do you have COVID? That's my impression of a doctor interrogating me, right? There's going to be a detailed check-in process before each appointment where they're going to walk through safety guidelines. Hand sanitizer will be provided. Best Buy workers will wear face masks and gloves. The consumer shops, the store with the sales associate, the sales associate, I've heard that's a little bit tied towards fear of shoplifting. I don't know. But social distancing guidelines are still going to be in effect. Payment done at the counter with a sneeze guard in front of the register. All surfaces cleaned after the transaction is complete. Customers escorted out of the store. Welcome to the new age of retail. You know, the only thing in there that could be even maybe even a little bit funnier or cuter or insane would be that they're going to take our temperature check at the door. I'm good with all that. I just don't think you're, it's a realistic way of doing business, for the record. I'm, real, I'm good with all that. I'm not going to fight you. But I'm waiting for the guy at the door to say, oh, we have to take your thermometer or your temperature. I'm like, okay, you got a laser thing you're going to point in my ear? I'm like, oh, no, no, all we have is rectal thermometers. And I'm like, dun-dun-dun. No! <laughs> Retail's going to be a different experience, no? So markets are up today. Again, the big story is Gilead's coronavirus drug has showed positive results in trials. Last week, there was a leak saying that maybe not so much so. I question that now. U.S. economy contracts for the first time in six years. We've contracted for the first time in six years. Two in a row means recession. Two quarters in a row of negative GDP. The numbers are awful. Services consumption shrank 10.2%, 10.2% in the first quarter. I'm not going to get into the numbers because I really don't think you care. I think you care about 26 million individuals filing for new unemployment insurance claims over the last five weeks. I think that number will rise again tomorrow. And I think that employment report on Friday is going to be one of the ugliest jumps you've ever seen in your life. With that said, I've seen ugly and come back from ugly before. Alphabet, Boeing, MasterCard, all turning things around today for the market with, eh, it wasn't that bad of earnings. Not exactly a selling point. You kiss a girl for the first time and you're both like feeling it and she goes, how was it? Eh, it wasn't that bad. It's not going to get you another one. So I question if we can get two quarters in a row of a rally if we keep saying about earnings, eh, it wasn't as bad as we thought, and the answer is probably not. I'm not trying to poo-poo this. I'm not. It's interesting. Samsung said today that they expect second-quarter smartphone TV sales to decline significantly due to coronavirus. That is a company that is cursed. When they can beat Apple to the punch, they can't beat Apple to the punch. South Korea doesn't get as shut down as the United States, and Samsung still suffers. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. How soon till we're talking about seminars again? Too soon? I'm Rob Black.